I've asked this question before, and I think it's worth asking it again. What is valuable to you in life? What are the things that you treasure in life? Maybe as I ask that question, you think about certain people in your life. Maybe it is a child of yours or a relationship that you have, and all of those things are worth treasuring. But when I think of something maybe physical and not just the relationships I have, I think about a couple of things, and a couple of those things are my Bible. Now, it's obviously very pastor-like of me, right, to say that my Bible is one of the most precious things to me, but it is. And in fact, there's a couple of Bibles that are very precious to me. One of those Bibles was given to me by my grandfather. For those that don't know, my grandfather was a bivocational minister and did many things in the public servant square as well as a school teacher and a minister on top of all of that. He lived one of those lives where I, I find it hard to imagine how he could keep up, but he spent many, many years of ministry preaching from God's word. So much so that many of his children and children's children are in ministry today. So one of my most beloved and cherished items that I have is the Bible that he preached with when he was my age. And I think that's a pretty amazing gift to be given, especially since a number of the grandkids, there's 16 of us, all, uh, a number of us are in ministry and the fact that I got it, well, I feel extra proud. Let's just say that much. But this Bible of his that he's given to me is really tattered up. And chances are, if your Bible is falling apart, your life isn't. And that was definitely the life that my grandfather led. But this Bible is also a Bible that's really precious and important to me. And it's because my wife gave me this Bible. And it's a beautiful Bible, and I love this Bible, and I treasure it. So sometimes I wonder in life, what are the things worth treasuring? What are the things that you treasure in life? I think this question is a very important question, and make no mistake, it's why I believe Jesus included it on the Sermon on the Mount, because so often we direct our attention and our focus on the things that we treasure. In fact, I would say that oftentimes the things that we treasure direct our destiny, it's what we put our focus in on life so that if you treasure things like, let's say, wealth, what do you do? You start to orient your life in such a way to hopefully achieve what? Wealth. So make no mistake, Jesus wants to speak on this subject of treasure. So I invite you at this time to open up your Bibles to Matthew 6, 19. We're going to be reading from verses 19 through 24 today, but we're primarily going to be in the first three verses of this text. So I want to read it in its entirety today for today's message, and then we're going to work our way through along with other scriptures today. So we might be bouncing around a lot today, but don't worry, I've put most of the scriptures on the screen for you. So Matthew 6, 19 says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, I encourage you to do that because that is a very important verse. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's another verse worth underlying. And if you would, say this with me. It's on the screen to help. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, or will be also, sorry. For where your treasure is, there your heart will, will be also. That is a very important truth to understand there. You know, if you look at the Greek word for treasure here within Scripture, it's the Greek word thesauros. And it's pretty interesting because if you were to actually look at the rough definition of what thesauros or treasure means, it means not only wealth or treasures, but it means to make a deposit, Now, isn't that interesting, to make a deposit? Well, what is a deposit? A deposit is typically when you pledge something that you have and you give that to something else, right, or somewhere else. So you're taking something that you have and you're pledging it into something else. Maybe it's something that you want. Now, if you didn't know, hopefully you do, There are 24 hours to a day, right? Within those 24 hours, there are 1,440 minutes. And typically, the average person is awake for around 900 minutes a day. Now, that's just numbers for most, but I want you to think about that. I want you to think about treasures, deposits, and the 900 minutes that you have within a day. Because all of that represents how you use your time. And not just your time, but what you allow your energy to go towards. I mean, think about it. Every single day is truly a gift from God, but many of us spend our day doing many different things. How you are investing your time, I would say, is an indication of the things that you treasure in life. If you have a family and you spend no time with that family, would you say that you treasure that family? If you have responsibilities, but you take no time to care for the things that you are responsible for, would you say that you treasure those responsibilities? So in the same way, we need to think about the time that we are given and the ways that we use that time to actually identify our treasures. Because here's the thing, words can be cheap, right? I mean, words are important. They're powerful. They have the way to change the trajectory of your life. If I were to say certain words in this sermon that were not good words, I could get in trouble, could I not? I mean, we could all probably think of a sentence that I could say right now that could make the elders say, we need to have a meeting and it needs to be quick, right? 
So words are obviously powerful. They have the power to change our lives, but oftentimes the words that we can use or say don't always match up to how we are living. So church, what do you treasure? Well, indication of what you treasure is not just the things that you say you treasure, but how you live. So if you are using your 15 hours, your 900 minutes that you have within a day to to avoid your family, to avoid responsibilities, to avoid your relationship with God, even if you say, I am a Christian, or I am a father, or I am a fill-in-the-blank, do you really treasure those things? Now, that is a hard question to ask because it means that we have to come to terms with what we value. Because oftentimes what we treasure is what we're willing to value in life. And make no mistake, what we value matters, church. Say that with me. What we value matters. It matters what you value in life because oftentimes what you value in your life becomes your trajectory because your heart determines your trajectory in life. And it's why I believe that verse 21 is so important within this sermon that Jesus is giving. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, here is something really interesting about that. I think most of us would be very comfortable with making statements like, well, I value God, right? Or maybe most of us would be very comfortable in recognizing that it's good to be the kind of person who does not pursue materialism, right? Most of us would believe in some ways that wealth does not always equate to good living or good happiness. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can get in the way. It can distract us from valuing the right things. So Jesus here is trying to help us see that there are things in this life that are not worth valuing at all, or at least are not worth valuing above the things of God. This is why in verse 19 it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. What is he trying to say there? He's trying to say that there are things in life that we can value, that we can store up for ourselves, that ultimately do not offer any form of payoff. But if God's word is also saying that our heart is where our treasures are, and if some of our treasures decay and rot, well, what does that also mean about our heart? That depending on where we place our treasures, our heart can also decay 
and wrought. Have you ever thought about that before from this verse? Is that a new insight for, me, for you? That if the Lord says that there are places where we can value things that can become deteriorated, that if we allow our heart to live in those areas, then our hearts also can become what? Deteriorated. We all know of people who have, see, who have lived this out, right? Maybe they value a substance and what ends up happening to them when they overvalue a harmful substance. Let's just say it's alcohol. What ends up happening to that individual? There's a deterioration of their very heart. So make no mistake, church, Jesus wants us to understand well for ourselves what it means to value the right things, to have the right heart focused on what God is calling us to. But that can be a very, maybe, I don't want to say dismissive, but it's easy for me to say that, but sometimes it's hard, I think, for us to understand, well, what is worth valuing? You know, I think of a story that happened decades ago. There was this individual in Vietnam who was an English interpreter. As you can imagine, in the 1960s and 70s, it was probably pretty good to be able to know English from Vietnamese. So this individual would often do that. He would often aid Americans and others in being able to interpret from English to Vietnamese to help be able to facilitate language. Well, as the rise of communism in the North continued to take over the country, this individual was thrown into prison because he was seen as part of the propagandist of the Western world, as an American sympathizer who worked for the wrong agencies. So while he was in prison, they did their best to be able to indoctrinate this individual away from believing in God, in anything that came from the Western world, but specifically his focus on Christianity. And all they wanted this individual to be able to read was Marx, Engels, and communism. That that was it. That this individual needed to forego his beliefs in God and accept the communism ideal that was trying to be instituted during this time. As the days went on and the pressure got worse and worse and as he became more detached from his faith as they stripped away every single piece of his Christian convictions and didn't let him read a Bible, he decided one day for himself that he was going to wake up the next day and stop doing something that he had done every single day of his life. And what he was going to stop doing was he was going to stop praying and living like God was real. So that next day came, and he decided that that day he was going to stop praying to God and believing that he was real. 
Well, on that day, as the prisoners had to report to the officer that was in charge of them, he was assigned to clean the latrines. And as you can imagine, not the kind of job anybody would want to have. It was so disgusting and sick that you would oftentimes have to wrap a cloth around your face just to deal with the stench. And as he was mopping up the latrine area, he noticed that there was a can there that was used to help clean one's body. And within the can, he noticed that there were English words. Having not seen English for so long, he quickly took some water and cleaned off the excrement from this sheet of paper and stuck it in his pocket, finished his job within the latrine, and then as night came, he took out a flashlight and looked at the paper. To his surprise, what was on this paper was the book of Romans from the Bible. Romans chapter 8. I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits eagerly in expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And so on and so forth. He is encouraged as he's hearing the word of God the very day that he decides to walk away from it. And with tears in his eyes, he hears the book of Romans. He hears God's word. And all of a sudden, tears start to flow through his eyes as life is given into him. And he realizes that there is no height or depth that can separate him from the love of God. So that next day comes. And what does this man do? He oddly volunteers to clean the latrines. And every single day as he goes and he cleans the latrines, something miraculous happens. And this man is given a new sheet of God's word every day. Romans 9, Romans 10, and so forth. One of the officers from this internment camp was using the Bible to wipe his bottom, and this man was using these pages as his daily devotional at night. A literal picture, in my opinion, of what it means for somebody to treasure the wrong things and to treasure the right things that something that would be used as toiletry would be the most cherished and treasured item that this man could possibly get his hands on. But you see, that's the effect that I think God's word can have on us. That even in the pit of despair, that even in the hardest moments of life, that God's word can be life-giving to us. So when Jesus says that we need to be mindful of our treasures, it's not just a cutesy Christian ideal to love God, even though it is telling us that, but it's rather trying to help us from valuing the wrong things because what we value matters, church. 
If you're valuing things in life that are against what the Lord is calling you to, then what ends up happening is, is your heart becomes deteriorated from it. So, so often what Jesus is trying to teach us here is he's trying to help us see what can actually give us life. And so often the things that give us life are radically different than what the world teaches us is life. You know, unfortunately for many of us, if we were to think about what the world values, and in fact, I went and looked online, and a few universities actually did a study on this, and they concluded that most Americans treasure personal control. They treasure their time. They treasure equality. They treasure individualism. They treasure self-help, that this is oftentimes what most values are of being an American. And make no mistake, there are some of these things that are completely good. I would say equality is something that is worth pursuing. But at the same time, too, look at this list. Other than the word equality on there, everything is what? A treasure for the self a treasure for me, a treasure for how I get to enjoy life more, how I want life to be lived, and how I get to be the one that decides that. That, to me, looks a lot like the first sin that was given, right? The sin at the garden. When Adam and Eve decided what they wanted was better than what God had for them. So church, what am I trying to say here? Value the right things. Well, Pastor Kevin, I don't know how to value the right things. What is worth valuing? Well, I think the only way we can really learn that is if we take the time engaging with the person who has the answers to that. Amen? There's something amazing that happens that as I continue to spend more time with God, it changes the way I behave and I think. You see, it would be a mistake for you to assume that a good life, that God's favor, that God's goodness is just available to those who do good things. That is not what the gospel message is. In fact, the gospel message is completely different, church. What the gospel message is, is it's a reminder that we are broken, that we have valued the wrong things in life that we have set our hearts to things that destroy us, that deteriorate us, that cause us to move towards death. That is the truth of our state and our nature. But what the gospel message does, what the gospel of Jesus provides, is it's a, a way of life. It's a reminder that Christ came and lived a life that we couldn't to restore us to relationship with the Father. 
But so often, unfortunately for many, what Christianity ends up being for most people is a set of rules. And make no mistake, there are rules worth following and there are rules worth listening to, but it's not just rules. Let me make this case in point. For those of you that are married in this room, I'll specifically speak to the men because that's my experience. I remember when I was ready to ask Michaela to marry me. And in some senses, you never feel ready, right? It's a nerve-wracking experience. I've never been more nervous about an answer that I knew was going to be yes, you know? I mean, I knew she was going to say yes, but at the same time, too, there's that one little percentage point that is enough to make it feel like the hardest question to ever ask. And I remember how nervous I was in that moment. But if you were to ask me, especially in that time period, If I had to give up my shoes, if I had to empty my bank account, if I had to change my way of life, but in doing that, I would get to spend my life with Michaela, I would say, of course, of course. I would still say that today, but the point I'm trying to make here, and men, you know what I'm talking about, is when you desire something, The sacrifice does not feel like a sacrifice, right? The sacrifice doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Why? Because it's what you desire more than anything in the world. And because of that, you're able to give that up for the sake of a relationship with somebody else. It's why I believe that Jesus repeatedly talks about treasures within Scripture. If you remember from the Gospel of Mark, he talks about the rich young ruler who is unable to give up his wealth. Why? Because he had many things. But not just in the Gospel of Mark, but in the Gospel of Matthew 13, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Why? Because if I were to tell you right now, trust me, the year is 2000, and I'm telling you, you should invest your money in this weird company called Google and Amazon, you might think, well, how do you even pronounce one of those, right? But we all value that now. Well, in the same way, Jesus is is giving this picture of if you know there is a treasure there that is of greater worth than whatever you have, that you would do what? You would sell everything that you have to buy that because you know that the treasure inside of that is greater than any treasure you possess for yourself. That's what it's like to experience God in life. You know, so often we think that to be a Christian means that we need to perpetually die to ourselves in a way that is harmful. The dying to ourself part is 100% true, but the harm part is the lie from the enemy that he likes to tell us. 
We think that for whatever reason, that giving up our desires, which aren't really our desires, it's our fleshly desires, that somehow we are going to miss out. When in reality, what God has for us is greater treasure than we could ever possess for ourselves. Amen? I like this quote from A.W. Tozer. The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Church, God not only wants you to treasure him because he wants to bring you life, but he also wants you to treasure him so that you do not destroy your life, so that you do not harm your life, so that you do not end up setting your heart and your mind to the things that deteriorate your soul. God wants all of us to experience the fullness of who he is. You know, I'm really thankful. Next week, we're going to be doing Membership Sunday here at this church. And for those that might not know what that is, we recently finished a class at the church that helped qualify many of us for membership here. And really what it was a class of explaining the heartbeat of our church, who we want to be and who we want to be known as. And next week, there's gonna, you're going to hear an affirmation from many people who are going to come up here on the stage and the affirmation isn't just one of, of this church, but it's really one of God's work in their lives. So when I ask you, what are the things that you are treasuring in your life? I think some of the things that you can treasure in this life are things like God's church. Do you treasure the family and the friendships that you have? Do you treasure the life that you've been given? Do you treasure the grace that God has given you? Do you treasure your relationship with God? Do you treasure the church and its people? Do you treasure the gospel and God's kingdom? If the answer to those questions are yes, which I would say amen to, then make sure that your time and your energy are invested, that you are depositing yourself into those treasures. Because let me say this, church, those are the treasures where moths and rust do not decay and destroy. Those are the treasures that are always worth investing ourselves in. And there's more that could be added to that list. But my encouragement for you this week is to take time to evaluate what are your treasures. Ask God if there is something you need to give up. And at the very least, pray that God would help you to treasure the things of heaven that will not fade away. Let's pray.